Well, welcome to the Vineyard Church. My name is John, I'm the lead pastor. And if you have your bulletin, your communicator, pull that out. We have a couple things to just go through today. So if you, maybe you've been here for a while, the last over the last six, seven weeks, we've been reviewing, we've been um, talking about this idea. What are, what are some practices that we can do over these 40 days leading up to Easter to really prepare our hearts to encounter the resurrected Jesus? And so we have five practices in your bulletin. You can actually pull this sheet out and look at it. And maybe you've been here all, like every single week so far, the last five, six weeks. But maybe you haven't actually filled this out. Maybe today's your day where you can say, you know what, here's what I want to do. I want to fill this out and I want to start praying for my three. So the first one is the big personal ask. We're asking God for one thing that we want to see breakthrough in our lives in our family's lives, in a situation around us, one thing we're saying, God, would you do something really tangible and real in my life in this area? So that's a big personal ask, and it really does help to actually write it down. So I encourage you to write it down. And then uh, the second one is give something up for the next 40 days. Now, we're not talking about food here. It could be food, but I, we'd rather if you gave up something like a judgmental attitude or maybe judgment in general, or something, maybe a critical eye towards those neighbors that you have, or where, what could you give up that would help your heart move closer to Jesus? Uh, number three, identify and pray for your three, three what, John? Three, these are three neighbors, three people that you might not know if they're Christians or not, but three people to start to pray for, okay? Um, it's, so it's, it's, it could be a coworker, a literal neighbor, um, a friend that you've known for a long time, something like that. And then four, blow some money or kindness on one of your three, which is so fun. If you guys haven't done this, do it this week. It is just fun. Now, don't get weird with it, right? You could get weird with it. So, um, you know, somebody, it, it could be awkward, right, if somebody gives you an a envelope full of cash. Like, that's awkward. But what could you do to blow some money or kindness? Uh, maybe a, a, a fresh plate of cookies that you made, or maybe, a, I don't know, like maybe some flowers. Think about how you could just blow some money or kindness on one of your three. And then uh, number five, experiment with a daily devotional. And that's just, these are fun practices for us as a community um, as we're moving into to Easter. So these are the five things I encourage you to jump in, uh, just have fun with it, okay? And then we, I have two other things. So next Sunday's Easter, I'm already starting to work on my sermon. It's going to be, I think, really, really good, okay? I'm working on it. I think it's going to be, but here's the deal. Next week, I want, this week, I want you to either take one of your three, or maybe a coworker, a friend, neighbor that's unchurched, they don't go to any church, and you, maybe you know it. Or maybe what I call the de-church, somebody that was once in church that got hurt, wounded, beat up. They don't go to church any longer and invite that person. Next week, I want to talk about the God of second chances. And it's just going to, I mean, it's going to be a beautiful, just Easter celebratory sermon. And um, I think God's going to use that. Um, did you know that over 75% of the people that you throw out an invitation and invite on Easter Sunday will come with you? All you have to do is throw out the invitation. So today, as you came in, um, I, our greeters were giving you these little 
a little packet with some cards in it. Just use this, and throughout the week, keep this with you. If you didn't get one, they're by the door there. And um, as you see somebody, the Holy Spirit will like kind of like encourage you on that journey and just invite them. Say, you know what? My pastor said I had to invite somebody. And give them one, and they'll be like, oh, okay, no, you don't, don't do that. But, but just invite somebody on the journey. Throw it out. If you're too scared, put it in their mailbox or in their front door or on their desk at, at work, okay? But invite somebody on the journey and just see what God will do with that, okay? Um, and then the last thing I have before I introduce our speaker this morning. Um, come on up, babe. This is my wife, Kate. And this is her first time speaking here. She used to speak quite a bit in Baton Rouge, but, um, but I'll introduce her. But before we do that, let me, so this coming Friday, uh, Nathan talked about the, our, our barbecue at s from 6 to 8. So come out to that. But from 2 in the afternoon all the way till 10 at night, we're going to have stations set up in here. And when you think of stations, we kind of, some people are like, oh, that's boring. Each station is an interactive place for you to encounter the story of the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, if you have kids, you can walk through this with kids. There's actually two versions. There's a family version, and then there's a, the, an adult version. And so you, you'll, get a, um, you'll get some paperwork when you come in. You go from station to station. It's a progression. It tells the story. It's participatory. It's fun, and it really engages. So... So be, just be prepared to interact. There's no, it's not a service, okay? It is a space where you just go from station to station and interact with what's there. There's paperwork. There's, there's enough there for you to, to it's a self-guided tour, basically. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to encourage you to check it out. It's going to be really fun. So let me introduce Kate. This is, um, I, I've told some of you guys this, but I married up. Some of you know what that means? I really did. And, um. This is the love of my life. Um, we've been married for 17 years. Yeah. Good, <laughs> Good job, she said. Um, and and I, I can't say enough about my wife. Like she, like everything good that you see coming out of me, it's really she's she's the the backbone there. Um, and so I just want to say thanks for loving me and our kids. And um, so she's going to share with us this morning, and then I'm going to come up and do some ministry time at the end. So here is my wife, Kate. Awesome. I asked him for this mic because I don't like that thing on my ear and then I'm, anyway. And it's kind of like a security blanket for me. It's like hanging on to something. Plus I got my other security blanket right here. Uh, John always laughs at me because I'm like, I need my Starbucks. Even though there's like this much left in here, it just makes me feel good that it's right next to me. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So I am Kate. Thank you, babe, for that really nice introduction. Um, he is my best friend and... Um, you know, it takes effort to make that work sometimes, but we are, we're still plugging away after all these years. So, all right, so we are talking about loving our city today, and someone that comes to mind when I think about loving a city is our Aunt Pat. It's actually John's Aunt Pat, but she is like this extravagant, really fun, joyful, spirited person that just loves talking about New York City. She loves taking people um, on a tour in her city, she talks, she wants it to thrive like she wants her own family to thrive. And so when I think of like passion for my city, she comes to mind because I'm thinking 
okay, what does that look like, God? And it's like automatically Aunt Pat right there. It's like, okay, yeah, somebody like her. And of course, there are tons of things to not like about New York City. You know, loud, blaring sirens at night, um, aggressive drivers, crazy traffic, noisy politics, kind of similar to L.A. maybe, right? Um, but her love for her city completely covers all of that. And so loving your city is kind of like learning to love your spouse, okay? So he just gave me this great introduction, and then I'm going to go here, okay? <laughs> so here we go. So when you learn to love your spouse, you have to focus on the good points, right? You have to overlook the bad because, come on, we're humans. So love is so blind, like completely blind, especially in the very beginning. Like you cannot see kind of blind. And if you're not in love yet, here's a little overview for you. Um, you feel like you struck gold, and, and you did in a sense, okay? So we're not going to squash that. Um, you think that your relationship is completely different from everyone else's, and it might be, but probably not. Um, and so we're just going to let you know right now that those are hormones, and those are a gift from God, and we're going to just claim them in the beginning of our relationships, and then we're going to fight for them for the rest of our lives. Um, you will be tested, okay? So advice, focus on the good and then continually repeat for the rest of your life. Focus on the good, focus on the good, focus on the good. Okay, so dating, you completely overlook everything, right? Um, John literally could do no wrong. Like he was just beautiful, handsome. He was so cute. Like I would go to his apartment. He'd have like a heap of laundry. I was like, I'll do that for you, babe. And like dishes, you know, just... Everything. It was just like nothing mattered. It was just so lovely and so easy, right? Um, that was the blind stage. And then now I can see. So now ask me 17 years later if he can do no wrong. <laughs> the answer is he can do wrong, although I can do so much wrong. And I'm sure you could ask him for stories. But like you just saw, he's, he's an encourager. So he will most likely not tell you all the things, but there are so many things. I can tell you all the things that... I do wrong in our, in our relationship. Um, okay, so no one is perfect, right? And I know I'm kind of going down the relationship road here, but it's because it really does fit in with our city and our love for our city. So no one's perfect, even the ones who seem to be perfect. Okay, I, there is one example of a relationship in our church that seemed to be perfect, and I would like to announce it is Aurora and Josh. And not perfection in a bad sense, but perfection in a beautiful sense. They are continually encouraging each other, lifting each other up, always speaking lovely about one another. So I just want to give you a shout out there, Vora. Um, because I guarantee it does, it does not go with hard work behind the scenes, okay, because it always does. But my parents never fought, literally. And I was always thinking, as a child, I always thought, when I'd go to someone else's house, I would think, I don't, I don't get this. Like, why are these people arguing about the dumbest stuff? Because, like, I never saw it. I literally... Never saw it. Maybe an eye roll from my dad towards my mom for something that she purchased that she shouldn't have or whatever. But, like, they were super relaxed, super chill, very quick to just love one another, lift each other up, let things go. Um, and so I learned that, but then I realized I didn't really learn it. <laughs> it's like I thought maybe I'd take that with me into my marriage, but no. No, we're, we argue. We do. We have some good fights, and then we, we choose to overlook that and get back on track. So, all right. So, love requires a leap of faith. Today, we're talking about loving our foothill cities 
And we are located here in San Dimas, but so many of us are from the surrounding areas. So everything from Laverne, Glendora, Pomona, you fill in the blank. Covina, Diamond Bar, Claremont. I don't even know all the places yet at all. Those are like the ones that just like popped in my mind. But when I say love your city, just fill in the blank. You can, you can count it as San Dimas because it's your church, church's home, or you can think of it as wherever you actually live. Um, we're going to look at Jeremiah 29.4 today. The context is um, part of a letter that Jeremiah wrote to a Jewish community in Babylon. And the Jews were brought by armies of Nebuchadnezzar into forced exile, and they were going to live there for the rest of their lives, which is a very extreme situation compared to us just living here in L.A. and living our freedom lives, okay? Some of you might have had a story where you did come from a different country, and it has been very hard. Um, but many of us just, we, we can't really relate to the exile part, but let's see what God says to them, because I think we can all relate to blooming where we're planted. So, Jeremiah 29.4, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Okay, side note here, I think John and I got the memo on the multiply, do not do an ill away part. Um, that is actually a strategy for us. We grow the church by having children. <laughs> and then maybe they'll have grandchildren and it will just keep going and the kingdom will grow. Okay, bringing it back. Um, okay, so some of you love it here in, in your cities and that's fantastic. This might be a really easy sermon for you today. Fantastic. We need you to lead the way for us, okay? Um, we are new to this area, so we're still like in the honeymoon phase of living in LA. Again, we did love it when we lived here before, and then we loved living in Baton Rouge, and now we're here, and we're really excited to live here again. So we're still like in this euphoria, like look to the mountains, drive to the ocean, you know, it's like very, very fun. So it's so easy for me to think, oh, I love my city, but let's get a little bit more practical than that. So for others, though, I hear tons of complaining, um, just random thoughts here that come to my mind when I hear complaining. The cost, the politics, the traffic, the taxes, the cost, the cost, the cost. Okay, it's very depressing, people. You need to stop talking about the high cost <laughs> because we all are paying it anyway, right? So let's just smile and just go with it instead. Okay, so some of us um, did not grow up here. Maybe you do feel like exiles, like I mentioned. Um, but, or maybe you grew up here and you've been dreaming about living somewhere else, and it might be because of the cost, but it might just be because you want to see another part of the country. Um, and so... Um, this text was not directed towards the people that already passionately were in love with their cities, but rather the people that were living there without the warm fuzzies yet, because they were exiles. So they were like, oh, how are we supposed to make this home? This isn't home. I mean, I can just, if I put myself in their shoes, I just think, I didn't choose this, you know? Like John and I, we chose, even though we felt like God moved us here, we did still choose to come here. We're excited to be here. We didn't get put here, you know? So it is a little bit different, but it says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, 
Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. So here's some questions we're going to ponder, and this is the, the life coach coming out in me. I want us to think a little bit about where our minds are in regards to our cities, okay? So do you care about the welfare of the people in our foothill cities, or do you give a giant eye roll when any meaning of the word welfare is spoken? Okay, and I, just, I said that one because I have heard a few comments about, you know, people taking advantage, and it's everywhere. It's not just here, I can guarantee you. Um, but the bottom line is some people do need help, so I like to bring that up because it's a heart check for us, right? Like, okay, our, our tax dollars. So what, do you want to see your city thrive? And most of us would say yes, like on a very um, shallow level, but we're going to get a little deeper with that. Um, Okay, so here's another question. Do you contribute to your city in any other way than paying really high taxes? <laughs> you can laugh about that. And even if you're mad, you could still just smile. It'll release endorphins and make you feel better. Um, okay, so a few years ago, and I don't think I told John this, but a couple years ago, I decided that I was going to change my mindset when I was paying the bills and the taxes because I would kind of grumble in my heart and just be like, why is it so high this month? You know, just, just annoyance, regular life stuff. Just like, ugh, we've been leaving the lights on or we're running our AC too much. We had four air conditioning units in, in Louisiana, and you don't understand. It was so hot there and so muggy. You had to, but then you had four units because you have a giant house instead of a tiny house, and it was just complete madness. So we were paying, you know, probably the extra amount that we pay on a mortgage here that we were paying over there for energy. So... Um, I decided to offer my money with gratitude instead. So it took, what it did was it took the stress out of me making payments. And I know this sounds a little crazy. Just stick with me for a minute and try it before you judge it, okay? Um, and it was amazing because being deliberate with choosing how I would respond, I changed my whole experience with writing bills. Now, I can honestly say this, and I am not just making this up. But when I, like, pay my water, I'm just grateful that I have clean water. And when I pay my electricity, I'm just grateful that I have cold air and lights whenever I want them. And when I pay my taxes, I know that maybe they're not going everywhere that I would want to control them to go, but they are going to better my city and my government and my people, okay? Um, so Luke 6.38 says, don't hold back, give freely, and you have, you'll have plenty poured back into your lap. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, brimming over. You'll receive in the same measure you give. And that was the voice translation. I love the voice. If you've never read the voice translation, you should look it up because it's very modern day and it's very fun. Okay. Um, so some of you need to change your mind from having to to an offering. Um, and so... Some of you might say, well, I don't know if I can just change my mind like that. But I guarantee you can. It's not even an argument. I, we can argue later if you want to. We can talk about it more. But the reason why I know this is because this is something that my mom taught me when I was little. Okay, there's four of us in the house. Um, and she used the word, you can choose. You can choose. You can have a choice. You have a choice. Like, I mean, literally to the point where you're like, oh, I hate choices. And she would say, 
you can either choose joy or you can choose anger. And so if we would get like in a squabble or a fight or whatever, she'd send us to our room and she would say, she would not like punish us for like a certain amount of time, but she would say, when you're choosing joy, you may come out. When you're choosing to be truly sorry, you may come out. So it was never like her telling us when we were allowed to. She always had us ponder it until we were ready to choose the right thing. So we'd come out and she would say, okay, you ready to say sorry? You'd be like, sorry. She's like, no, that's not really sorry. And it's like, sorry. And she's like, no, that's not really sorry. And it's like, sorry. You know, just like you're trying to say it over and over just to make her happy and like move on. And she's like, your spirit still is not choosing joy. And it's like, and then finally you'd be like, mm, sorry. <laughs> and then she'd be like, yes, you just learned how to choose joy. You just made yourself choose it instead of forcing, you know, forcing this bad attitude through and calling it sorry. So I got to learn how to choose. And this translates to circumstances, taxes, crazy drivers, bills, mean people, slow lines. They do not choose for me. This is what this translates to. We get to choose. We get to decide how we are going to respond to life's things, okay? And so this becomes huge when this, um, we get to take the blame out of other things. We get to intentionally choose. So instead of blaming our city for stupid high taxes and high cost of living and ridiculous gas prices, because we could go on and on about all these things, right? Um, we can offer our money with the intention of contributing to the needs of our community. The easy way is to judge or feel annoyed, um, scoff at people, but we really don't know who we're helping um, when we do offer our money with joy. And so here's, um, we can offer everything to God, right? So when we're talking about even these tiny things, like when we're paying our bills and our taxes and we're having to kind of behind the scenes, we can just give this as an offering to God, the same as we would write a check for the church. Just think of it as an offering to God. You are serving someone. You are paying someone's, um, you know, they're, they're going to get their check in the mail and be able to thrive for their family because they're doing the work behind the scenes for your water bill, whatever. We could go on and on and on about that. But Roman, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And so I would put in there, if I was going to add some stuff to to God's word. <laughs> Take your tax-paying carpool lines, commutes, and errands and offer them to God, right? So if we've just put this into common day places, what are we doing on a daily basis? This is our offering to God. We can actually make our everyday different than just, you know, robotic movement. We get up, we do our routines, we go, we drive, we honk, we do whatever, all the things, right? So ask yourself this. What do you complain about in regards to your city? What really bothers you about the people? And one of the things that bothers me is how many horns are blown all the time. I'm like, oh, 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 and I'm like cutting people off because I'm like shocked that someone just, you know, like honked their horn and I'm like making it worse. I mean, is it like to me, that's one of the things I'm like, okay, I'm okay. They're okay. Yes, I just almost ran over a pedestrian because somebody else is honking at me. It was like, you know, I'm learning the ways around here. 
But that would be one thing if I could just eradicate it. It would be amazing. Um, okay, so what do you wish the people were like? For me, I think of, I want people to smile. I want them to look up from their cell phones and see me. I want to see them. Like, I want to be able to look at their eyes and actually catch them and smile. Sometimes I'll smile and I'm like, oh, they were looking over there because they were taking a selfie with the, you know, whatever. <laughs> so that is, that's one thing that I wish for. What do you wish your city offered? Okay, so this could feel negative or a little bit selfish because I'm asking you what you're wishing for. I get that. Um, but in order to serve our cities, we need to face how we're actually truly feeling about our own city and the people in it and what we experience on a daily and weekly basis so that we can move past all that negative stuff and actually get to loving them really well. So um, what do you want to feel when you go out and about? And I want to feel joyful. I want to um, pay attention to this beautiful place that we live in, and I want to look up in the sky and see the mountains and really enjoy the environment, but I also want to see the people that God is, like, putting in my path, you know, in my everyday. Just, I'm always going places, so I see people everywhere all the time. Um, I literally draw, I carpool for four schools right now, which means I'm in my van about four to five hours a day. And um, some of you are probably like, well, that's my carpool time, which is great. If I could just be alone listening to like an audible book, sweet. But I'm like toddlerville in the back driving like the crappiest van you've ever seen that barely makes it from point A to B. <laughs> but hey, it gets me from point A to B, right? So we're going to look at the joyful side of that. And I'm grateful, honey. <laughs> Our plan is to get a new van, by the way, but just we need to get the house situation squared away first. So side note. Um, all right, so how can you take your desire and turn it into your own action? So I just asked you a bunch of things that you wish for and a bunch of things you wish you could see and wish you could have and see in your city. And now I want you to think, how can you take that desire and turn it into action for your city instead of just wishing for it? All right, Luke 6, 31 says, think of the kindness you wish others would show you and do the same for them. So that is do unto others as you would have them do to you. Just the voice translation again. Um, we need to take action. God has us here on purpose, wherever you are. He has you right here. And even if you're going to be moving or you have plans to ditch this place when you retire or whatever, you know, you're here now. And so let's focus on the now and see where we can um, give back to our community. So here's a few ideas. Offer smiles and hellos. Open doors. Slow down. Let the merging car in. <laughs> um, pay for the coffee behind you in the Starbucks line. I'm preaching to myself right now. Because um, I literally am in the Starbucks line every day. I don't feel ashamed for that. I feel very happy about that. <laughs> John rolls his eyes. That's a big giant eye roll for him. Um, you could stop and lend a hand to someone carrying a heavy load. You could stop and pray for someone that looks sad or in need. Um, and so be the answer to your own wishing. You're the light, and you already have the answer, right? We have the answer for people. So Matthew 5, 16. 
You are like that illuminating light. Let your light shine everywhere you go that you may illumine creation. So men and women everywhere may see your good actions, may see creation at its fullest, may see your devotion to me, and may turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. So this is how we love. This is how we be the light. We serve others and we offer ourselves. Galatians 6, 7 says, what you give is what you get. What you sow, you harvest, right? So think of it not just as when you're offering the smile, pretty soon you're going to see other people that are smiling back at you. It's just how God's law works. I mean, he says it right here in his word, that when we give something, we get something. And it's not like we're like, oh, I really need some smiles, so I'm going to start smiling at everyone. You know, we offer the smile, but all of a sudden you're going to notice the other people that, that smile through the city and you're going to be like, okay, good, there's another one like me. We're changing our city. We're just shedding a little bit of joy and love wherever we go. Okay, so what do you want? What are you sowing? Do you see the fruit? What have you planted? Um, And what has your return been? And if you don't really have much to think about in those regards, then that's where I want you to start thinking about actions that you can take. This is encouragement. Because this is what we get to choose. This is not like, start smiling at people. <laughs> this is like, this is amazing. We get to choose how we, we want to respond to the people in our cities and not just come here on Sunday and love each other because it's so easy. You guys are like so lovable. I mean, if anyone wants to feel love, they should come here on Sunday every day, every, every single week. Because this is like family time, but then we want to take it out and be that for our neighbors. Choose to bloom where you're planted until God moves you on. Be all in. Okay, so we're going to take action, and there's different types of action that we can take, um, and this is going to be different for everybody. And um, um, basically, some of us want to tell each other how to take the action, and so I'm just going to, like, put a slash through that really quick. So some people would be like, we need to evangelize. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, don't ask me to hand out, like, any kind of any paperwork to people and just say, follow Jesus, like, on a street corner. That is not me. It will never be me. Um, Then you're going to have other people that say, just let's stand on the corner and just pray for people. And then you're going to have other people, like, cowering, like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. I don't pray out loud. And then you're going to have other people that say, like, Invite people into your houses, hello, just open your doors and bring them in, and you're like, um, that is my sacred space, or I'm a hoarder, or whatever your, your excuse is, you know, we all have our things that we're really great at, and other things that we really are bad at, and it's okay, you don't have to do it a certain way, God gave us abilities, talents, and gifts that comes easily to us, we don't have to strive. It doesn't mean that we never go out of our comfort zone to serve. That's not where we're going with this. But for the majority of your life, you're already gifted with things that you are passionate about and love to do. And so if it is hospitality, invite them in. If it is evangelism, go talk to them on the street corner. If it is prayer, pray for everybody. You know, um, there's no exact right way. We're just going to use our gifts. So I think of a few people um, in our church that have offered themselves in their community. Debron, she's a room mom at her school right now. These are just very, you know, practical ways that we can jump in. Kim d- does the Good News Club. I was thinking of Dar and Ray and Dave. They're always serving with helping hands. Um, and Josh was coaching his baseball 
his kids' baseball team. There's just little ways that we can serve. If you just love doing something, just jump in and serve. That There's no right or wrong way for this. Um, okay, so just use your talents, abilities, and what causes you to shine your light with patience, humility, kindness, goodness, gracefulness, faithfulness, gentleness. See what I did there? That was the description of love. <laughs> so in the way that causes you to love people, and so I like to break down what love is sometimes just to remind us because sometimes we just throw around the word love, love people. But when we actually look at what God says love is, first of all, it's him. God is love. So we're giving that to people. But we're also giving kindness and patience and gentleness. And, you know, it's, it's like read the description so that you can plug those things into your day. All right. So we are not here by accident. God carried you here to our city. And so we need to work for the peace and prosperity of our city. Be a community builder, plant gardens, build relationships, meet your neighbors. Um, receive these foothills as a gift from God. Okay? Um, and so the three things that I want you to just remember today, because I talk a lot and I get off on all different trails. Bloom where you're planted, Consider what you want in your city, and then go take action and be that. Those are my three things that I really want you to get stuck in there. Um, so today we get to love our city really well, and our Spring Fest is happening. We get to serve the families and love them and have fun and give them time and energy. We've already given our resources. This is completely free to our city, which is just amazing. Give yourselves a hand for that because that's all of your dollars being put to work to love our city today. We, get to, we put in flyers to all the schools around. Kids from everywhere are going to be coming and bouncing and eating candy and running all over. And we're just going to smile at them and, and serve them and give of our time and energy today. Meet new people, extend helping hands, pray for them, portray Jesus, um, and just be all in today at our Spring Fest. That's, that can be your first practice in loving your city. Um, it just happened to fall on this. I don't know if John that on purpose maybe I don't know he just told me what to talk about okay so here are some practical tips bloom where you're planted even if you're leaving in a year get to know your neighbors that's a part of settling down have them over pray for them whatever you do well offer it to them so if it's not inviting them over it's okay remember remember that part whatever it is that you love doing if you're if you like to cook or bake bring them something if you like to just be outside and you just want to chit chat Outside, do that. If you like taking walks every day, invite them to take a walk with you. Plant a garden or get involved in your community in some way. Gardens are hugely important to God, and God loves land and dirt. Fun fact, when humans, I don't know if John put that on there, so when humans um, put their hands in dirt, you get a release of endorphins. How cool is that? I mean, I thought that was a really fun fact. Uh, makes me want to go put my hands on some dirt. Okay. Um, if you don't have a green thumb, it's okay. You can pick something else that sounds like a blast to you. This is not supposed to feel heavy. It's supposed to be fun. So pick something you love. Smile everywhere you go and pray for your city as if her well-being were yours because it is. Ask yourself, what's good for my neighbor? What's good for the city? How can I be part of the answer? Seek peace and prosperity of the whole city. Great job, babe. That was awesome.
So let's stand. Why don't we have our ministry team come on up? And let's get ready to serve our community, right? So maybe this is your first Sunday here. Let, jump in. Jump in. Let's serve. Let's show, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus to a city that needs to experience that, right? So jump in, hang out, um, eat some food, meet some new people. Here to jump in today, okay? Um, and as we're doing ministry time, in a minute we'll have anybody that needs prayer, you can come up and get some prayer during this last song. But um, if you're here and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you can do that. You can start a relationship with God. And it's, sometimes we think it's about saying the right things or, you know what, you know what it is? It's really about a heart change. It's a heart transformation. It's doing your, going from your, the way you were once doing things to saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to, I want, I want to follow your way. I want to, I want to, I want to purposely live for you in our society. And so if that's you, the Holy Spirit's calling your heart. I want to encourage you to, to give your life over to the Lordship of Jesus. And um, I'm going to say a prayer. This prayer doesn't save you. What saves you is like something in here that shifts. Something in your heart that shifts. And, um, and so if the Holy Spirit's calling to you and you want to step in, I, I encourage you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, come into my life. God, I need you. Today I've made a ton of mistakes. I've hurt myself. I've hurt people around me. And most of all, God, I've hurt you. I ask that you come into my life. Forgive me for all of my sins, for all my mistakes, for all of my regrets. Lord, I lay that, that stuff down and I accept you as my Savior and Lord and friend. And I ask that you just cleanse me from all that stuff that holds me to the past. God, I need you now in my life. So come and fill up my life and my heart with your spirit. Today's that marker I'm putting in the ground. I'm choosing to follow you for all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. So maybe you just said that prayer. Um, we'd love to pray for you. Or maybe there's other things that God's doing in your life and heart. Here's a couple things that our prayer team met before service. Um, here's a couple things that came up. There's a need for recreation, but you feel like there's a reluctancy to move forward. Or maybe you're here and there's a concern for about a sick baby. We'd love to pray for that situation. Or stomach issues. Or maybe you're just here and you're, you want to respond to Kate's message about loving your city. Maybe you're that person that just constantly complains and you're saying, you know what, I need to learn to figure out how to love my city because in that city are a whole bunch of people. Remember we did the series on Jonah? Why did God love Nineveh? They were not broken, repentant, like they were heathens according to the Israelites. And yet, you know what? God said, I love them because of all the animals and the 120,000 people there. Right? 
There's people in our cities. That's what our cities represent, people. And so what if we learn to love our cities just because there's people that God loves there? So maybe you want to receive God's heart for your city. Um, maybe you're here, but you're not emotionally connected to your home, this place. Maybe you have that critical eye and you want to see the best. Also, we want to pray for people that feel called to be community builders. And that could be anything from gardeners to community of event planners. Uh, we'd love to pray and bless that over your life. If you feel like you're a community builder in some way, we'd love to bless that over your life. So let's sing this song. And um, right after this song, we have our, we'll have our official closing prayer. Um, if you're here and you want to be baptized, maybe you just said that prayer for the first time. Or maybe you've never been baptized as an adult. We're going to have a little meeting over by the windows uh, to your right. And if you want to be baptized next Sunday for during Easter, uh, we'd love to have that conversation with you. So you want to be baptized right when we're done. But let's sing this song together. If you need prayer, prayer partners up front. Let's sing. And then we'll have lunch and serve our city. Let's sing. Oh, I spoke away.